0: is KG and this is not safe for network Welcome to montucky skies i'm biggs and i'm brandon how you doing today brandon a little balder that's about it little little cold no not at all it <laughs> no. was a, it was actually a pretty nice day a little bit cold in the morning but it got a lot better as the day kind of went on i was very happy with the day uh you saw a movie to review right out of the gate right
1: yeah i did i And it's one I've been meaning to watch. I was going to watch it in a theater, but never got around to it because it is a children's Target movie. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't know how well they did on that, but anyways, the movie is uh, Kubo and the Two Strings.
0: I will say um, I took my daughter to at least one movie where they previewed a little bit of that, and she was really excited and wanted to see the movie. I remember watching it being like, really like, I like I thought it, maybe it was good and then hearing reviews I heard it was really good but I I was the, just surprised she even wanted to see it
1: the trailers that I saw in the theater for that looked really good like as far as the visuals of it and I will have to say it actually exceeded my expectations visual wise nice nice um and I was all in all pretty happy with this movie Except for one
0: thing. Okay, so what was that thing?
1: That thing would be the voice casting.
0: Oh. Uh, <laughs> George Clooney bother you?
1: No, it wasn't George Clooney.
0: Okay, so who was it? So,
1: I thought we had a picture for that.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. I'm bringing it up. Hold on. Uh, There we go.
1: All right. So, the voice casting, the monkey is cast uh, by uh, Charlize Theron. Okay. And the bug, the Beatle guy is uh, Matthew McConaughey. Okay. And it really, really bothered me.
0: Matthew McConaughey bothered you?
1: His voice stuck out in not a good way.
0: Like, in in what way was it bad?
1: Imagine a Japanese movie where you keep hearing, all right, all right, all right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Are you saying because it takes place in medieval times that like that doesn't quite Medieval fit?
1: Japan it just doesn't <laughs> quite. It the, the whitewash thing just really really bothered
0: me. Yeah. Yeah, um. Yeah. Is this is this a Dreamworks joint? Is that who did this? Who did this? Do you remember?
1: You know, I think it was actually semi-independent. I don't know who did the actual production on it.
0: I feel like it was one of the big ones. Like there's like what, Pixar, Dreamworks and then who is the third one? The the one who always does all the minion stuff. And
1: it wasn't any of those big ones.
0: Okay, so it was totally independent. How they get such great voice talent then, I wonder.
1: Uh the the script and everything like was just great. The storytelling was really interesting, dark. It was dark.
0: Are we talking like Secret of <laughs> Nimdark?
1: Uh the well, I guess I'll spoil it a little bit. It's basically stuff that they expose in the first thirty seconds of the movie, so I won't won't really give too much away. But basically the movie's about a kid his grandfather's trying to steal his eyes so he can't see the love in the world.
0: Whoa. <laughs> So you've got the the double thing of like not only is it a grandpa stealing his eyes, like a family member, but like so he can't see love. What is wrong with this grandpa? Yeah, so
1: he can travel into the afterlife. I mean, it's the subject matter when you like boil it down gets real
0: dark. So are you telling me if this if this was a, if this is based off of a Greek myth, it would have been a lot better because not only would it have been like people closer in race but it also would have been like i don't know like coins over the eyes instead <laughs> like no big deal right yeah i mean it's
1: but i I mean i really enjoyed the story um but that whitewash crap just bothered me
0: it's getting pretty yeah i mean it, i know it's always been there but it's like it seems like people are it's not getting aware. better yeah people are like more aware of it than ever and it's still happening all the time i mean so that's like that so right on its heels you have ghosts in the shell which like i like scarlett johansson and i want to yeah, her, I see but it's like her basically no naked
1: for two hours and i still don't want to watch this movie <laughs> no
0: i yeah hollywood's gotta like they gotta stop this crap like it's, it's pretty unbelievable because Hollywood is supposed to be so liberal, but they still, they still do these things all the time. Like they're more worried about who they put on a poster and because it's always going to be a white guy over and over again. You know what I mean? Like it's just, yeah, it just, I mean, it's they, a snake They're its like, well, tale. we can
1: get Matthew McConaughey and you know, bill this movie out as a Matthew McConaughey movie, but his voice and well, I mean just being a beyond a white person in a, but should be a Asian person role or Japanese role. Just beyond that, his voice doesn't match what you expect to see. I mean, it's just the, the character's kind of supposed to be somewhat dimwitted.
0: So good casting on that front on that
1: front, but it <laughs> it's just got an edge to it that just doesn't match up. Because the rest of the voice cast, um, and it wasn't as pronounced with Charlize Theron just because her voice is a lot smoother and just doesn't have that crispness that Matthew McConaughey's does. Yeah. Um, So there was that, but it was, I mean, just enough that it just really, it took you out of the movie at points.
0: Well, that's a bummer. Um, I wish we were done talking mm. about <laughs> racism and pop culture, but we're not quite there yet because um, there was a bit of a a controversy that came out. A kerfuffle? A kerfuffle, yes. That is <laughs> that is a very good way to put it. There is a kerfuffle <laughs> in Marvel. So um, Facebook Live listeners, you'll see a picture I'm putting up here. So um, Adrian... Or Excuse me, Ardian Saif. And if I'm pronouncing this wrong, I apologize. But um, he was terminated. He was an artist on X-Men Gold. And he put some stuff in his artwork. And so if you look over on the building here, there's a 212 there. That stands for December 12th, which was the largest uh, street protest ever, according to one article I wrote. And they were protesting... Because there was a um, Christian governor of Jakarta, which is in Indonesia. Um, and his name, and I hope I say this right, Besuki Tijahuja Pirama. And I'm not going to try that again. <laughs> I wrote it phonetically to try and get it right. And I i have my it's doubts. It's still difficult. Yeah, I, I have my doubts. I actually got it right. But um, he was quoting a verse... And, uh, um, but basically he was, he was quoting, I don't know if he was quoting a verse, but he was talking about a verse that a lot of Muslims were using against him, a lot of Muslim politicians that essentially boils down to, um, don't take Christians or Jewish people as allies. And apparently it had something to do with fishing or something, but like a lot of people translate it as like, basically that like, don't take other religions as allies, like just trust Muslims. So that's that's was what the um that this governor was talking about and he was basically saying that you should set that aside like th- that's not the case and that you should vote your conscience and vote for him. And so this was like a huge issue in Indonesia and um apparently they brought it brought him up on trial because you're not allowed to um insult islam and the prosecution is saying that he insulted islam and so he's facing 5 years if he gets convicted so this is like a really big deal um so he snuck this onto the pages so once again he had that 212 on there um then there was another thing he snuck into the artwork which is, if you look on Colossus's shirt there, Colossus not steel, (laughs) it says uh, QS 551. That was the verse that he was talking about. So he was trying to, like, lay out that this was something that was meaningful to him. And uh, he's being crucified for it right now. Like, Christians are going after him for saying he's going after Christians and and Jewish people. And... uh, I like I feel really conflicted when I'm looking at all this stuff because when I sit there and look at it it's um. well I let me back up for a second let, let, let me say what he said like in his words so uh, he has a Facebook page and he said hello worlds my career is now over it's the consequence of what I did and I take it please no more mockery debate no more hate i hope all in peace in this last chance i want to tell you the true meaning of the numbers 212 and uh, qs 551 it is number of justice it is number of love my love to holy quran my love to the last prophet the messenger my love to allah the one god my apologize for all the noise by the way i I know how that sounds but i'm just reading what he wrote uh goodbye may god bless you i love you all rd and syaf so um he went further to clarify with people that when he was putting up those numbers, he wasn't trying to say that, um, that you shouldn't trust Christians or Jewish people. And he went further to say that he, had, he works with many Christians and Jewish people and he's friends with many. Um, what he said that he's trying to say was like, he was referencing what that, like he felt like the mayor was mocking his religion And so he was working that into the book. So this is where it gets really hairy when you look at it. Because a lot of people are looking at this message. And they're basically boiling it down to this isn't inclusive. Like he's trying to make this horrible message to not include other religions. Which isn't something that the X-Men would be about. But at the same time, he's trying to say, no, there was this other person who did it. And so he was referencing it into his artwork. Now it gets, this is the thing. Now I've already stated more than you're going to read more in in Uh. these articles because I really did a deep dive because I wanted to fully understand this before I talked about it. But he is also like, like his side is not being presented whatsoever, which I think is kind of wrong. Like they put up the quote on Facebook, but they don't talk with all the other interviews that they're asking with them and they're not, most of the articles aren't referencing that that Bible quote or Koran quote that he's putting on there is something that this Christian um, uh, governor is stating. I, and I'm just trying to be careful because I know there's going to be a lot of people no. on the edge of their seats as they're listening to this. But um, I so I, I just wanted to get his side out on there too but I also, and I could be wrong, because I don't know what's in this guy's heart or anything, but, like, when I sat there and read up on the situation, it did seem like a lot of the stuff in Indonesia that's going on, it's a lot of people being scared about Chinese immigrants and them taking over the country, even though they have a very small percentage of the com- of the country. Like, the the main the main like Muslims like it's the it's it has the most Muslims of any country from what I read and so the Muslims are really scared that the Chinese immigrants are taking over society does that sound familiar to something going on here
1: uh I'm trying to think of anything going on like that here Hmm.
0: nothing at all right no nothing nothing at all there's absolutely
1: the what was there something about a wall in Me- No, not Mexico. No, no,
0: no, no. Not Mexico. No, no. It's nothing like that at all. <laughs> but and see, so this is this is why I wanted to bring it up because we're like so quick to like jump on somebody from another country when they misstep. But if this was taking place in the United States, if this was this was a quote that Trump would say, there would be some controversy from the firebrand, but there'd be a lot of people stepping out to to shield him or to take criticism or say, like, hey, you know, it's his right. It's art. He should be able to, like, slip in some things. And he probably doesn't lose his job at Marvel if that happens. If I'm being honest, like, yeah. he probably does not lose that job. Um they probably suspend him, maybe take him off the book, put him on lower profile, but I bet that they don't they don't take it out like if they're if they're viewing him as like you know like a trump supporter or like somebody against trump, like either way, and I do feel like the fact that he's Muslim um I think that that adds some weight to it, and I'm not saying that that was an appropriate place to put it in the comic book, but I'm saying like Nobody is listening to his side or thinking about his side. And the only reason I know this stuff was because I did a deep dive and I, kept, I really didn't hear his side at all when I was looking at anything that was American whatsoever. And as soon as I started to step out into like BBC News and like the Daily Telegraph, and then I got into like, um, excuse me, uh, Al Jazeera a little bit and, like, read some of their stuff, it was like, oh, well, there's a whole other side on this that's not being presented. (laughs) And I guess, like, one of the reasons I bring it up is, like, before we turn on the outrage machine, maybe we should, you know, make it a priority to actually know what we're talking about. Like, I almost didn't talk about this today because I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about with it. And then I took an hour and a half to, like, actually read about it and dive in and like read a lot of articles and get a lot of information i read up on on that governor too because he's like a crucial part of it and he's hardly even mentioned honestly like he's they just mention that he's a guy but they don't make the connection that that verse was something that he wrote and that's like that is a crucial part to this story so um i just want to say like journalists do your job a little bit better and the people who are reading it Instead of just, like, reading your outrage headline and, like, moving on and just making a decision, maybe, like, look into it a little bit, you know? Like, however you feel about it right now, at least you have more of the story. And I know that there's more of it than I'm presenting, but I'm presenting more than you probably read when it was trending on Facebook all day, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of my point. (laughs) But I... if I'm to, like, lay out my opinion, I think there's a lot of wrong going around. Um, I do think that it might be rooted in racism when he put that out there, but not in the way that people think. And I think that the reaction to him is also based in racism. And it's really interesting because it, in both cases, it misses the mark of what's really going on. And there's no real dialogue going on. And that's kind of sad like especially when you're talking about x-men like that is supposed to be about outsiders and about like we were just talking about this the other day but this this is supposed to be about people who um aren't accepted in society so you would think that people who care about x-men are actually like you know like thinking about it and reading about it a little bit more but we're definitely not being presented with that news so i i just wanted to throw out my two cents on that
1: yeah it's been an interesting week as far as uh tone deaf goes (laughs) did you uh hear about so the nivea ad
0: no no what happened there okay
1: so nivea is a a body product based in germany so they're a german company
0: is that do they do like hand lotion and stuff correct Yeah, I've heard about them somewhere.
1: So they put out this article. And, okay, so we have a German-based company that put out an article or an advertisement in a magazine geared towards mostly Muslim readers. Okay. And the ad features a young lady and just shows her in a robe sitting on a bed, and you just see her head. And below the hurt is the line, "White is purity."
0: Ooh, <laughs> not a good look.
1: Not, not good. No, <laughs> not good.
0: Not a good look.
1: And, um, I and I was, I'm really sort of conflicted by this because they did denounce the ad and pulled it immediately, and you know really apologized for it. But on this, so. You know, I give them kudos for that. I have a kind of what the fuck were you thinking, marketing department? Like, how like how did not somebody take thirty seconds to critically look at this?
0: And you always have to kind of wonder. And I I have no idea because I'm just finding about out about this from you but you always have to wonder, are they just trying to get their name out there and like, trying to create? do the
1: any publicity is good publicity route or yeah.
0: Like, is this just a way to like get eyeballs or maybe like, maybe it is coded and they're trying to like get some supremacist on their side and then they just cover it up. Cause they do a lot of that stuff.
1: And, but you know, and I'm just thinking of it from a thing of it from a business standpoint, like you have to just, distance yourself from that stuff because you know that is especially when you're mar- you're completely tone deaf to your mar- target audience is m- one of my big problems with that
0: yeah <sighs> yeah that's yuck just <laughs> yuck let's let's cleanse the palate for a minute um have you ever heard of chuck Weppner?
1: i heard judge wapner <laughs>
0: so chuck Weppner is the inspiration for rocky balboa and all the rocky movies um so rocky is uh is the story about a guy who
1: runs up some boxed
0: stairs. for a long time never got anywhere and yeah ran up some stairs but let's ignore that for a second <laughs> um like box somewhere never got anywhere and then the champ basically picked him from obscurity and he goes a distance from with the champ, which was the first time anybody went the distance from the champ and like it made his career, right? This was Rocky. Not only was a Rocky, there was of Rocky Two, II, Rocky three, uh, fucking over the top, I think, or no, what was the prison? Do you remember the, the prison Sylvester Stallone movie no. at all? No, no. Okay. Whatever that was like, he, like, that was also based off of some Chuck Wepner, too. So there's a whole story here. But um, Chuck Wepner had a really interesting life. He, like, he did this big tournament where, or, or a big exhibition match where he fought Andre the Giant. And, like, in Rocky Three they did the same thing, but they changed it to Hulk Hogan as Thunderlips. Which I don't know why I did the Macho Man (laughs) Savage voice, but... Okay, brother. But then he did something that you couldn't even put in a Rocky movie, which is he fucking boxed a bear for an exhibition match, which, like, is just crazy. (laughs) Like, they literally put boxing gloves on a bear, and he fucking boxed it. And by the way, that bear beat the shit out of him, too. Like, you might think that doesn't... Like, what? What? But like there's a picture of him down on the ground and he looks fucking hurt like when he was boxing a bear. But uh dude was really interesting. His his nickname was the bleeder. He was he was Chuck the Bleeder Weppner Well, they're making a movie about him right now, so I'm kind of excited. They made a great documentary which everybody should check out. Even if you don't give a shit about doc about Rocky, dude boxed a bear. <laughs> I don't know how to sell this documentary to you more than that, but it's a 30 30- well, it was supposed to be 30 for 30. They changed the name to ESPN Films Presents for like two things. And then they changed it back to 30 for 30 because originally it was 30 uh, directors on 30, 30 films. films. Yeah. yeah, and then they were just like, well, fuck it. Like every one of these we make will be called 30 for 30. So anyway, so that's one of them. You can find it on Netflix. It's called The Real Rocky. But they're making a movie out of it. And Leah Schreiber is going to play... Uh, Chuck Webner, and uh, I'm, I'm excited about this dude. Like any Rocky I can get any Rocky whatsoever, even if it's a dude playing the inspiration for Rocky, I'm fucking in.
1: So I got to ask you a quick question. Yeah. If you were watching Rocky for the first time, yes, just think back to your younger years.
0: God, that's, that's young, dude. I have <laughs> no idea how young that's young
1: anyways. And you're watching Rocky and there is a scene where Rocky fights a bear.
0: Yeah. Oh, and as a kid, I'm in. I'm totally, as an <laughs> All right. adult, I'd be like, really? If I'm, Unless now, I'd be okay with it. Like, if there's a scene with Creed where he fights a bear, I'm going to be okay with it because I know the Chuck Wepner story. I know it's not ridiculous now. <laughs> yeah, but. Well, it is how, ridiculous. Like, how. how happen.
1: No, like, could you imagine watching something like that and there was a scene where he's fighting a bear? You're like. No, I, I, this is a bridge too far, and this is what happened in real life.
0: Yeah, no, I I absolutely <laughs> thought that with Thunderlips, I thought that was a bridge too far, and it was too ridiculous, and that they were just using it to show how uh, how far he had fallen because he didn't have the eye of the tiger anymore, which they were doing, but it actually happened but he fucking fought a bear, man. He was fighting a bear and his life was in great danger and he don't even care.
1: Did he have a chair?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And a shotgun. (laughs) (laughs) I think we went out of the rhyme scheme. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, amazing dude like absolutely amazing tell me you're not in for i know you're not like the hugest rocky fan but you got to be in for this movie right
1: you know the more like i think about it the more i want to know
0: and there's a scene there's a scene in the trailer where he's fighting a bear like (laughs) they cut away very quickly but they definitely have a bear fight in there now i'm sure the bear is cgi'd i mean i just have a feeling it's the revenant bear or something but like I don't think it's gonna rape him in there, so that's good. That's
1: that's very good. <laughs> I don't know if I'm down for a lot of bear
0: rape. No, bear rape is bad, dude. Especially when he like climbs or any bags.
1: like bear sexual abuse at all. Like, just not really down for it.
0: Yeah, dude, you know what's really scary about a bear is like you always think about them biting into you or anything. Like punching you would be bad. Like they have so much force. Like I saw this guy in a documentary who was clearly insane. And he built a bear suit so that he could be hit by a bear. And the way he tested it was he found he had this log that he would, like, swing from a tree. And, like, he knew exactly where to do it so that it had the PSI that you would find on a bear. Jesus. Yeah, he was, like, testing it. So he was, like, testing out the bear suit on a dummy. And then he finally, like gets in the suit and fucking like has this log hit him and he's like success and like they they weren't able to find a bear for him to like test it out on but like you know that fucker found a bear and <laughs> probably not around anymore <laughs> I just have a feeling but where you should be really scared with a bear is if it fucking like goes on top of you they wear they weigh like two tons like don't they weigh two tons about like
1: 800 pounds typically oh, is a, a, a big grizz.
0: Okay, that's not as scary as I thought. I was picturing four thousand pounds just crushing your sternum and stuff, but I guess eight hundred pounds is pretty fucking heavy. Like it, if bear gets on top of you, you're not moving. Yeah.
1: So it's kinda interesting, just a little quick little transition from that. So this weekend we went down to Bozeman and we went through the Museum of the Rockies mm. and they had their because uh, they usually have a a part of the exhibit they swap out every three or four months
0: can i can i throw out a quick plug for non-montana listeners a museum of the rockies is where jack horner kind of sets base he's the one that advised on the on jurassic park and uh i think they have the most tyrannosaurus rex skeletons in the world they
1: have about six almost complete t-rex skulls and so
0: many more there's (sighs) like triceratops there's yeah. like all sorts of stuff there's no brontosaurus because that's not real but that's enough for another time
1: <laughs> um but so they have a uh, and that if you're ever in Bozeman, montana it's worth checking out um the uh so this traveling exhibit they had was all about crocodiles
0: yeah been around since uh since way before the dawn of man
1: yeah they're probably some of them predate dinosaurs okay so anyway the uh the inner they actually have a few like live crocodiles
0: oh that's awesome i would love to see that as long as like i don't have to like be in contact with them in any way
1: no you don't (laughs) look they're like they have these like uh um exhibits like So there's glass between you and them, but you can get like, I was from me to the camera, like right here to this crocodile. And he opened his mouth all the way open, which was pretty cool.
0: Uh, (laughs) I guess I've seen one in a zoo now that I think about it, but it didn't move at all. It just like stayed very still and looked at us with its evil crocodile. Uh, eye.
1: And they had, uh, this, uh, replica of a, Crocodile that was born in Papua New Guinea and was caught there was on just like at a zoo in Australia for a long time and then ended up in a zoo in Florida for a while was about sixty five years old when it died mm-hmm. um weighed over two thousand pounds Oof. was about twenty feet long ah! <sighs> like that would fuck you up. In a heartbeat, they uh, had this thing set up like the pressure of its jaw. They had like this thing you could try, like you you push down on this lever to try and like equal the pressure of the jaw.
0: Probably not possible. It pushed. They just welded it shut to like. (laughs) It (laughs) was the same pressure. Push
1: about two thousand psi. Me. Jumping on the thing got about 200 psi.
0: Ooh, <laughs> that's not good. I, I actually did learn something really fucking interesting about crocodiles a couple months ago. I was watching a documentary, and crocodiles sort of made like a cameo appearance. And uh, so apparently, crocodiles have no lifespan, they can literally live forever as long as they have enough food. They say that most crocodiles die from starvation because they get bigger and bigger and bigger and eventually they can't they, sustain it. Yeah, they they just can't find enough food to sustain it, but theoretically, if you could just keep feeding the crocodile and like like give it all the food that it needs it could like seriously live forever could you imagine that just like a crocodile that just covers half a continent (laughs) (laughs) like oh and you know they can't sustain that shit either like ugh. well this one nightmare
1: that i talked about it died at around 65 from uh, congestive heart failure
0: yeah, so there you mm-hmm. go. Like
1: I guess, Eating all that shit that they give you down in Florida fucking kills you.
0: Yeah, maybe it should uh you know, trim the fat before it just like maws down at all the people <laughs> that like fall over the cage or whatever.
1: It needs to go on a keto diet.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, well let's let's do as we always do and get into some Star Wars news here. So um they announced that Carrie Fisher had cutscenes from The Last Jedi that they wound up not using and so they're gonna fold them into episode 9 they got permission from her family apparently they needed her family's permission to to put her into episode 9 so her brother which I learned from the documentary I was watching that and I was like was that her brother? like I don't even know if she had kids they didn't really talk about it at all in the documentaries I watched and uh, apparently she's got a daughter too but her daughter and the uncle gave the blessing but they're not gonna do any kind of CGI thing they're gonna hold to their promise there so yeah they're they they we are gonna see carrie fisher so is there any way that they kill her off in episode nine we now know she's not gonna die in episode eight right i don't
1: even care to speculate
0: i do they're gonna kill her off <laughs> <laughs> i i'm so, gonna speculate i'm sorry dude how's she gonna go I don't. Something's gonna blow up, so that like she'll say something dramatic, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. the space station's gonna blow up, and it's like a perfect way to to explain that because you don't have to actually see her die, and you don't have to break their promise by CGIing it. You just like do a like a shot of the exterior of the ship like blowing up that she's in, and boom, it's done. That's what I think. That's my theory. Um, which the fact that they're not going to like manufacture some sort of death for an episode 8 tells me that like Mark Hamill's going in episode 8 I'm sure of it Daisy Ridley is the last Jedi I'm calling it right now
1: Somebody pointed out something out the other day I thought was kind of interesting about the last Jedi cuz Jedi can be plural, plural. yeah yeah, yeah. So. I got
0: that I, I'm not buying it I think Disney put that out to try and be like but no. Fuck you, dude. You're killing Luke. We know you're killing Luke. Oh, that shit's happening. I hope it doesn't happen. It's going to hurt my heart. Luke was my first favorite character in Star Wars. He didn't maintain my favorite character. Console would take that over. But he was my first favorite character when I was a kid. Like, I wasn't playing with the blaster when I was a kid. I was taking a broomstick and breaking things because it was a lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> So... I'm just saying, that's fine. Like, I I guess I want to be surprised, but if Luke dies, I'm not going to be surprised, Disney. Like, you're already 0 for 1 in that. You're 0 for 2. You can, you could, okay, the internet, the internet, you guys know. Like, everybody's been listening to this show. I fucking, I called on this show that, like, Han Solo was going to die, and I laid out the whole thing for it, and everybody knows now, but Biggs was right about that. Han Solo went. Rogue One. I said it on the show and I and if I didn't say it on the show I definitely said it to you before we walked in the theater that like everybody was probably going to die and everybody died. Like I'm two for two Disney. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Prove me wrong and let Luke live. Let's see. I dare you dude. I dare you. I'll give you $100 which I'll probably spend on that movie one way or the other. So you know technically I won't give you anything but whatever. Luke. Luke's dying. I know it. You know it. The American people know it.
1: Alrighty then.
0: <laughs> Just had to throw out my nerd boner on the table there. You know, it's, it's important every now and then to maintain dominance with the, with the studio. Let them know I'm on to their shit. Get more creative. But anyway, a um, little bit of Marvel news moving on from Disney. Uh, so the new Warriors is being made. I've never read a new Warriors comic book. I may never read a new Warriors comic book, but I'm always interested in a new Marvel TV show. So they're going to do it for this station called Freeform. Um, I think they're also doing the Cloak and Dagger show that we talked about a while ago. Like fucking years ago, we talked about them developing that show. Freeform is going to grab it. I don't even know what Freeform is, I've never heard of it before. Um, I don't have TV, I don't know all these things. Yeah, is it TV? I just assumed it was an app.
1: I uh, shit, it could be.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it might be both. It's probably both at this point. It's if it's a TV show or if it's a TV thing, it's probably both. And if it it's an app, it could be a hell, hell of a
1: like. Yeah, it could be multimedia.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't know.
1: Kind of like we are now.
0: Yeah, Facebook and podcasting. Aren't you guys lucky? <laughs> um the the only person that they've cast or casted i don't know that they've casted somebody i should walk that back the only character that they said for sure it's going to be in it is squirrel girl which is interesting because she was never in the new warriors but she had a crush on one of the new warriors and it's one of those teams that's had like a lot of different members like the x-men but way less because it's not nearly as pop popular as the x-men but uh, the unbeatable Squirrel Girl is in it. So you know Adrian is into this shit.
1: God, it's funny. I just had like this weird flashback just now of us talking about this in in the back room of Studio Biggs. Yeah. <laughs> talking about Squirrel Girl for about 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> so you can Adrian go. Going
0: off on all the people that Squirrel Girl is beaten. Now we're going to get to see it on Freeform.
1: Yeah, that'll
0: happen. <laughs> Are you saying you're not, you're not gonna watch this?
1: I'm saying I'm not gonna watch this.
0: Oh, what if I were to tell you that Squirrel Girl has a tail and ears? uh no, no. If
1: I if I have to like download stuff and like get an app or like, God forbid, get cable, that shit's definitely not
0: happening. I'm in. I'm gonna check it out one way or the other. Dude, I fucking watched Powerless today. Uh I have no business watching Powerless, but I watched it anyway. I don't know what Powerless is. So Powerless is this DC show that um and it's on NBC. It's I don't know that it's by the makers of Scrubs, but I'm willing to bet it's by the makers of Scrubs. Like it feels like Scrubs. And uh it's basically about the these people that work at Wayne Enterprises and Alan Tudyk is one of the like he's he's the boss Steve the pirate <laughs> yeah Steve the pirate <laughs> um, he is he is the cousin of Bruce Wayne who's like always trying to get him on the phone and can't even get his own cousin on the phone and uh and it's just it's not great but it's like all right like my kids like it so we watched two episodes in the last two days I was like Oh, fuck, yeah. I vaguely remember that was a show that was happening, and I guess it's got two episodes left out of its eight-episode run. So we watched two of them back-to-back, and, like, it's all right. It's not great, but, like, it's totally a comedy. Like, it's kind of an interesting idea, which is just, like, what... Like, what would happen if you were working in an office and like you're in a city that's just constantly being ravaged and destroyed by superheroes and supervillains? <laughs> and so their job is basically to like come up with stuff so that they don't like get debris. Oh, rained on is them or that
1: the like one that. with uh, Danny Pudi?
0: I don't know who that is. <sighs> Is that the Ahmed or whatever? uh,
1: Abed from Community?
0: Yes, he's in it. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Okay, now I know what show you're talking about. Yeah. I
0: didn't know that was out yet. Yep, six episodes in.
1: (laughs) (sighs) I'm going to have to get caught up.
0: Uh, The pilot, pilot, I really didn't laugh. Um, The second episode had a joke that made me laugh so hard that I was like, you know what, I'm going to give this one more episode uh the joke was basically uh the alan Tudyk's character like he's kind of a blowhard and like he has his assistant go to to get him some um i like some cufflinks that he left somewhere. And she gave him some cufflinks, but it was actually, like, it was bullshit. It was just some cufflinks she picked up at the store, and he didn't know the difference. But he literally wanted her to leave the city and, like, go to this other <laughs> city to, like, get the cufflinks he left somewhere. And so she was talking about and – and this other lady's like, why do you put up with him? And she goes, well, he gives me raises. And she goes through all the stuff he did for him. And she goes, but most importantly – My dog needed this really expensive operation that would have cost it around $10,000, and he sent a man to my house to put him down. (laughs) That's great. I fucking... Dude, my stepdaughter, Jade, who's like so obsessed with dogs, was so mad when she heard that line, which made me laugh even louder. It's just like, it's such a it's hilarious dude like that's so wrong to say that and i just like i laughed so hard and they have like they have like superman like they they list off every single like dc a-list b-list c-list character you only see little flashes of some of them like they're always just like on in the sky raining fire down on the <laughs> city or whatever, like destroying it. Like they're all nonplussed and hate like heroes and villains alike <laughs> because like they just fuck up their lives all the time. That sounds. The more I talk great. about this, the more I kind of like this show. Actually, the pilot, like a lot of the jokes run flat, but it's a pilot. Like yeah,
1: it's a pilot and. You got to give it a few episodes to give it its breath.
0: And like I said, that joke was so funny. I'm willing to give it a third episode. So I'll check back in a little bit later when Um, I kind of decide where I'm at on this.
1: So a couple of things. I, first off, um, I did start watching love on your suggestion.
0: Oh, what'd you think?
1: Uh, it's, I enjoy it. It, it's a world that I'm not familiar with.
0: Like, I just don't. Are you telling me you're not like a really young hip millennial?
1: Not a little bit. (laughs) Like the jokes are funny, but I, it's, it's, it's like looking into like a world that's similar to something I, I live in, but I don't really identify with the characters.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, i'll be honest um i identify with the guy a tiny bit like when he's he have you gotten to where they all gather around and do the soundtrack song yeah they make up they make up title songs for sure so they do like one for the like, perfect storm yeah <laughs> with fucking mark walbert and i think they do one for Carlito's way which i was like Carlito's way is like my favorite great movie that nobody realizes is a great movie. (laughs) (laughs) Carlito's way is so fucking underrated. And so like right away, I loved it just for that. But, um, I, I've definitely been in positions where like I had a lot of people I was hanging out with that played music and we would be in a room and just fuck around and do sing alongs and like drum circles and stuff. So I have that in common and that's about where it, ends but it feels it kind of feels real to me in a way because like it is two people with like interesting problems that aren't like cookie cutter tv show problems yeah like it's 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 like, it feels real to me in that it feels like it could be an individual's experience as opposed to, like, trying to, like, reach out to, like, oh, we we all had this experience, right, guys? Yeah. No, it's very specific yeah. things that they're going through. And so, like, that's sort of what I dug about it is, like, they don't take easy way outs on most of the plots, and shit is messy in that show. Yeah,
1: that that is a great way to put it as being messy because it's – It is definitely not straightforward love interest rom com show. I mean, it's. I mean, it has a lot of the sort of elements to it, but not like it's not like watching the Mindy project project or something like that, where it's really cut and dry. They have to hook up. Like that shit just doesn't happen. Like you have these long-term relationships that pop in and out that kind of like throw things for a loop? And so it's really kind of interesting that way. Um, like I said, I mean, some of the stuff I just don't relate to, but I can see it's an interesting watch to watch the character development.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what I dig about that show is it's just like it, it, there's something real going on like there's actually like it does feel like a real life relationship in a way which i i dig like i think the guy is basically he's kind of he's kind of smothering and passive aggressive he's very passive aggressive. he is
1: passive aggressive
0: which and- i don't think is something you see on tv a lot like there's not a whole lot of passive not his characters.
1: flavor anyway
0: yeah yeah like he very much feels midwestern to me yeah. Which is what he is, you know? Um, and then, like,
1: yeah, I kind of like. See, I'm like, kind of like, pick, like, when I'm watching it, I'm picturing Zach moving to LA. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's pictured even no, further. No, I, when mean, I went to visit Zach. He was literally like, he lived around where they filmed all yeah. that. So, like, it's crazy to me watching it because that whole show, I'm just like, I drove around that neighborhood. Which happens to me in like every other show now. <laughs> like Echo Park, apparently, really popular in movies and TV shows. <laughs> Cause I see Echo Park over and over again. I never thought twice about it. And now that I've seen it, I think about it all the time. But I can just see a neighborhood and be like, that's Zach's neighborhood. Like a lot. But that show, it's, it's so much of it is in Echo Park. So yeah. And then I think she has like, um, a sexual addiction problem and she's got an alcohol problem and a drug problem. So she's yeah. basically like a very addictive personality, but I think it's done in a way where it's not super tired either. Like it feels a little more real. There's a scene. Did you get to where she <clears throat> fuck somebody that she shouldn't fuck? Did you get to that the boss? One? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. I didn't want to spoil if you hadn't been there, but yeah, she like, She fucks her boss because she's afraid that he's going to fire her. And he probably is. Like, when you look at the run-up to it, he's probably, like, going to fire her because, like, he's just a jerk and, like, finds people to sort of um, take out his rage on. But she, like, screws him. And then at the end of it, she's just like, like, he says something about loving her. She's like, I don't love you. I was just fucking you, so you can't fire me. And he gets really upset. She's like, doesn't matter. You can't fire me now. (laughs) It's really funny. (laughs) and it is messed up from her perspective but like she's not wrong like i think he was gonna fire her until she fucked him and then he couldn't fire her because then it's a (laughs) sexual harassment lawsuit
1: yeah it's 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 an interesting watch so far um the other thing i just found out today is about the time this podcast drops on montuckysguys.blogspot.com uh, the DC legend of tomorrow season two is going to drop on Netflix. Oh yeah. So I'll be uh binge watching that soon.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, I still gotta, I still gotta catch up, but, um, let let me der- derivate off of that for just a second because, uh, did you see the new Thor trailer?
1: There's a new Thor trailer.
0: Yeah, there's a picture of it right there. Yes. Thor and Incredible Hulk. And here's the soundtrack. (laughs) But it was actually Led Zeppelin. (laughs) That was a cover of Led Zeppelin. I'm not going to pretend like... Dude, they fucking got Led Zeppelin. Being a Led Zeppelin fan, can you explain how amazing that is? You know what?
1: It was the perfect song for that trailer.
0: Yeah, the Immigrant Song. The Immigrant Ah, Song. I come from the land of the ice and snow from the midnight sun where the hot springs flow. It is the perfect... Like, and Led Zeppelin is a bunch of, like, D&D nerds anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they clearly read The Hobbit a lot. (laughs) Or at least Robert Plant did. Yeah. Uh, That is, like, the perfect song, but they got permission. Like, that is not easy to get Led Zeppelin to let you do the music like school of rock got to use the immigrant song for one scene and to get it jack black literally like filmed an entire audience of people that were all extras like begging robert plant to let him use the song and they were all like please we love your music and like he basically sucked their dick for an entire minute and then like <laughs> they showed a whole audience cheering wanting the immigrant song and so they green lit it that way but that was, they did that because it was it was known led zeppelin doesn't give out their properties like no they don't give it out easily <laughs> so explain to us like you're a big zeppelin fan can you think of something else that's used it? i know the girl with the dragon tattoo managed to use the immigrant song i'm trying to think of anything else that's used led Zeppelin. um shrek 2 Shrek 2 used Zeppelin. Which part?
1: The immigrant song where uh, Snow White like is attacking people with birds and shit.
0: I thought they did like the Matrix song. <laughs> no, that, that was the
1: immigrant song.
0: Okay, dude. That so is the immigrant song the only song that they'll lend out? Is it, that it, it? Must
1: is? be like because I can't. I'm and I'm a big Zeppelin fan, and I'm having a hard time thinking of uh i
0: got one i know one i just thought of one are you ready let's get the two shy here okay didn't they didn't they uh play uh oh what was it they played something he was supposed to play something off a side two zeppelin four in uh fast times at ridgemont high but he played i think something from in the outdoor
1: no it was uh it was, it was a uh, cashmere. It's
0: cashmere, yeah, yeah. It's cashmere. <sighs> oh yeah, and Godzilla, they sort of t- don't. No, that we don't however. talk yeah, about. We don't Puff talk Daddy. about. That. So there's a couple examples, but why did they let him use Godzilla of all things? <laughs> yes. And just why, why a fucking? Why dump did you truck fucking? Why did you
1: fucking give Puff Daddy permission? That's my <laughs> fucking problem.
0: Because they had to. Jimmy Page is playing guitar on it. Remember. <sighs>
1: Why Why did you think this was a good idea?
0: Why? Fuck.
1: Fuck, 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 fuck. So right, I just really something. earned that NSF. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's why we're the Not Safer Network, folks. Um, well, speaking of like mashups, I saw a video today that I didn't even know exists and I got very excited. Um, my old English teacher. And by old i mean like she used to be my english teacher a long time ago when i was in high school but um she put up a youtube video of practice i didn't even know you could find practice of rock stars but apparently that's on youtube now too i just started swinging around to like oh yeah all those concert movies are all over youtube apparently you can find practices too and uh, they had a practice of queen playing with david bowie and annie oh i saw that
1: that Shit was awesome.
0: Yeah, I guess it hit the internet about two months ago. Was what I read. So I wasn't super behind. I've seen it
1: about six times in the last two days. Like it's as far as like come up. I haven't watched it six times the last two days. Right, right. No, I mean like six different instances where that has I've come across that video.
0: Well, and I think what's really incredible about it. So, um, to put it in context, so this is basically getting ready for Freddie Mercury's tribute concert when he died from AIDS. It was like a month after he died and they got all of these stars that wanted to come in and sing in place of Freddie Mercury and and sing with Queen. And then they had some like bands just open too. But uh, it was like this big concert that they did and they raised money for AIDS research and it was like what 91, 92, somewhere around there. He died in 91. I'm not sure if it was 92 or not. But, um, so like one of the big ones that, that there was, I don't know, like, like being a queen fan, the one that I hear all the time, all the ones that George Michaels did with queen are always like mainstays on there. And then, uh, when David Bowie did under pressure with Annie Lennox and it's really interesting watching that practice because they sort of show it. And like the members of queen are just like business as usual at the start. And, like, Annie Lennox seems to be having a little bit of a... Like, she's trying to slip into it and having a bit of a tough time. And David Bowie just looks disinterested, and he's smoking a cigarette. He just looks like he doesn't really give a fuck at the beginning. And then Annie Lennox starts to do some of the scatting that Freddie Mercury does, and then she starts to get into the scatting. And then, like, everybody is just fucking... like while they're mourning their friend like they all just start beaming and smiling and she's just fucking doing this incredible job and like george michaels is off to the side and he can't believe it and it was just like it's such like an incredible i can't believe they captured that moment like that's (sighs) how fucking lucky are we that like 26 years later we can like watch that moment that i didn't even know existed you know like beautiful it's it's just fucking cool and uh and then they had another moment on there where they had george michaels practicing with queen for somebody to love and i was just like that was incredible too like watching him because i'd like heard it on the cd but when i was younger i i was like well it's not freddie mercury and i didn't really think about it much but i then watched the video from the live because or not live aid but um for the tribute video, because they don't, that's one of the only ones they don't have for free on the net, and I get it, because still, the proceeds for that go for AIDS research, so I'm like, okay, that's respectable. I should probably pony up some cash and, like, watch that at some point, but they had, like, the individual thing for George Michaels doing so many of love, and what I didn't realize was, like, yeah, he nails, like, most of the vocals, but, like he fucking has presence dude like he like he did not do freddie mercury shame by any stretch like he was fucking incredible and it made me feel really weird to realize that like george michaels and david bowie were sitting there like like doing tributes for their dead musician friend and like all three of them have passed now like fuck man there's like three legends and they're all gone you know
1: I uh, just want to give a quick shout-out, R.I.P. Jay Giles.
0: Jay Giles, who's that?
1: Uh, he did the song Centerfold.
0: Oh, yeah. Did <laughs> he do any other songs or um, was it just that goddamn, one? Goddamn, what,
1: what was the other one I was just thinking of today? Uh, there was another one, and I can't think of it off the top of my head. His two beers are just blocking that
0: information from going. <laughs> Did he do the immigrant song? Ah. Anyway. Uh so doubling back off of that giant tangent that we went on, did you get to watch the Troy the uh Thor trailer at all?
1: I did watch the Thor trailer a couple of times.
0: Yeah, me too. <laughs> I like I literally watched it and then went, babe, you gotta watch this. And she was like, meh because she didn't even know what it was but i do this to her all the time i'm always telling her what she's got to watch and she doesn't want to watch it just on principle but even she was like super into it and i oh my god i didn't show my kids what's wrong with me i've seen it eight times <sighs> and i didn't show my kids but uh like it's so great dude and the best part is when they do the reveal of hulk and then thor's like super happy and like cheering and everybody like gets quiet and they're looking at him in the gladiator pit and he's like it's a friend from work (laughs) (laughs) so good it was so so
1: great (laughs) and then he like realized like oh that's not gonna fucking matter (laughs) yeah
0: Do they even know what they what he means by work? And I do like the friend from work thing because it totally I feel like the fact that he says the phrase it's a friend from work puts into continuity those little shorts he did with the guy where he's like the roommate. Yep. <laughs> Which by the way, I watch those as well and fucking pause things on the cork board and was really paying attention to everything written on the cork board. There's no secrets in there, dude. It's just like, it's a little ridiculous when you read it. <laughs> but, Do we
1: find out who Pepe Silva is? <laughs> no. Ah, <laughs> uh, God, that, I mean, there was so much great stuff in that little, little bit. Uh, he the thor helmet we saw the return of the thor helmet yeah,
0: yeah i love how he like goes chunk, chunk, and like puts him on <laughs> or like sort of like puts the wings back or whatever on the helmet it was so cool and dude that was a pretty cool visual seeing uh because this this is where my wife like where she really got into the trailer right to be i don't think she expected to like it so much although she admitted to me oh she slipped up dude she totally slipped up because I was talking about some movie and I was like, you know, I'll, I'll go see it because I know you don't really want to see it or whatever. And, and she was like, no, I want to see Thor. And I was like, oh, yeah? It's probably because of her pecs and stuff. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, you fucked up. <laughs> 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 you shouldn't have told me that. Not because not I care, just because like now I'm going to tease her about it all the time <laughs> with the, her her Thor crush. But I've seen,
1: gonna- I've seen the new... I've seen The New Vacation. I know what Chris Hemsworth's
0: packing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. Dude, that scene, I was reading about it, oh, and the uh, the director of The New Vacation was talking about that scene with Chris Hemsworth, and they used, like, an 8-inch dildo, and they also had a 12-inch <laughs> dildo, and they were looking at the size of him, like, just his massive size, and they were like, the, like, the 8-inch doesn't even come off as big. <laughs> so we gotta use the 12 for this scene because he's such a giant guy they had to use the biggest thing that they had to like to read for that uh we just went off the rails again. (laughs) that was way off the rails yeah it did (laughs) anyway so um Oh my god, there's oh yeah. So what my wife really got into other than Thor's like giant prosthetic and muscles uh <laughs> was like at the very beginning. The same thing that caught me immediately when I watched the trailer. And I never knew I wanted to watch this. And as soon as I saw it, I knew I wanted to watch it. When Hera, played by Kate Blanchett, fucking catches that hammer. And just like it fucking destroys, destroys it. it, yeah, it destroys it, and I'm like, oh my god! And she literally said the phrase, "She can't destroy his hammer." <laughs> I never would have thought I'd hear my wife say, "You can't destroy his hammer." This, I'm, I'm not even like, look, the first Thor I was really excited about because I was just like. I was like, look, man, it's a dude hitting shit with a hammer at the end of the day. It should be fun. And it was way more fun than I expected it to be. And I really liked it. And then Thor, too, I was excited for, but I haven't rewatched it. You know, and, uh, you know, like, it, it, I don't know that it was a step up from the first one. Visually, it was. And I liked the idea that they went out of Earth, but it probably wasn't as good of a movie. But this one, I really feel like it's going to blow the other two away. Like it just looks like so much fun.
1: Yeah, I. There was a few things I saw in that. Uh, one, they would we used for the uh, cover art for the episode with the uh, the the main bad the baddie.
0: Yeah, kind of. This is actually concept art of it, but like it's the same feel. Yeah, it's well, basically. Well, they same. showed
1: her that basically the same. Uh, her is like all i can call is a spider queen yeah
0: well it's uh I, I think it's Hera, and uh oh my god who is she she's either i i can't remember she's either like she's either the queen of the underworld or she's loki's daughter and i think loki's daughter is a sorceress, so it's probably not her I don't remember now. I'll let you know the next episode. She
1: looks pretty badass.
0: Yeah, no, <laughs> I I didn't think that they can make Kate Blanchett look cool, but something about that eyeshadow—the way they like—it actually works as opposed to Mad Mads Mickelson's eyeshadow Ugh. and fucking Doctor Strange. This eyeshadow works, dude. Like I don't know it. it that whole that whole trailer just looks Ugh. fun. It looks like fucking fun.
1: But I'll tell you my favorite part of that was the uh the 80s kung fury like uh, animation like they used for the lettering and stuff.
0: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> when it was like 80s style? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Here, talk for a second. Vamp for me for a second.
1: So, yeah, and I was watching that and I was just looking at it and I was thinking all I'm thinking is Kung Fury, and I'm hoping that Odin shows up uh-huh. <laughs> so, which I thought would be really great, but you know that I just don't uh I don't think that's gonna happen, but
0: so when you were talking like eighties lettering, are you talking like Facebook live listeners are you talking like this, like looking like it's out of fucking vice city
1: yeah, it's- <laughs> not so much the believable, but the badass or bullshit,
0: yes. <laughs> But definitely the pink from believable, right? It was all yeah. pink. And, like and then it did the it
1: uh, echo thing onto it. By <laughs> the
0: way, how depressed do you think I am that I came up with that graphic months ago and we haven't done a believable badass or bullshit for me to put that graphic up? I'm really glad you gave me this chance. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, we should move on. Speaking of like beating medieval shit up with a hammer or whatever, um, so D&D... They're making another movie, which we were sort of nonplussed about. And we were like, why don't they make dress movies? Well, they're actually moving in a smarter direction. Um, Joe Mangiliano, whatever, dude. Two beers, whatever. <laughs> uh, he's writing a D&D screenplay. And he is basing it off the Dragonlance book, Dragons of Autumn Twilight. Now, I remember reading this and liking it. But I don't fucking remember anything about it, except for there's a mage in it who eventually becomes evil a book or two later. I remember that much, but um, like that's kind of a smart direction to go because D and D fans are going to be very excited about Dragonlance going. You actually have a series of books in the Dragonlance um, universe, and like some of the first modules were Dragonlance. And so it's like, you're like tying in the old stuff. So you're getting the older people excited, but like there's, there's some good stories behind Dragonlance; They're interesting stories. And so I'm, I'm all about this. Like, I think this is a good direction to go in. And if they're going in this direction, how far off could we be from a forgotten realms, extended universe? It's gotta happen, right? Like our whole theory on it, like that it could be a good movie universe. It can't be that far off.
1: I th- I don't know I don't know really I p- there's that part of me that really wants to see it but at the same time it's like I don't know if that's re-
0: go down no I got it keep talking <laughs>
1: <laughs> um I don't know there's a part of me that like really wants to see it and then. There's the part of me that remembers the Dungeons and Dragons movies.
0: Oh, yeah. They're fucking terrible. That's (laughs) what I'm saying. I think that they're actually taking a step in the right direction because... Okay, I didn't see the second one because I'm not a fucking sadist. <laughs> but, like, the first one was fucking terrible. And, and it was because they were like, we're just going to take the archetypes of all this stuff and we're just going to throw it into a D&D movie. Like, we've fucking seen the archetypes of the stuff and nobody gives a shit. But now we have CGI where you can do it cheaply and do it well. <coughs> and, like, we have an audience who's, like, familiar with, like, Game of Thrones and familiar with The Hobbit. And all of these things were like, fantasy is not such a crazy thing to throw out there now. And, like, I think that you can start telling these stories. And you can, like, if you pick the good ones, you can do it engaging. I think, I I really think that they should take the Driss novels and fucking turn them into a show. Like, don't fucking do everything out of the novels. There's a lot of stuff that won't translate. But, dude, there's some, like, darkish stuff in there. And, like, maybe don't do the stories that, you know like streams of silver is basically the hobbit when you pull it down but like so maybe don't do streams of silver but like the dark elf trilogy are you fucking kidding me that'd be a great series of movies like at the very least or you could do a show you could do so much of a show off of the dark elf trilogy like that could be like two or three seasons of a show right there like and there's a lot of stuff that would be good, but I'm just saying like there's a lot of good material out there. If you're looking for good worlds, D and D, like I like I like what you're doing, Dragonlance. Let's take it a step further and let's start looking at Forgotten Realms. There's a lot of good books in there. Like I'll I'll I fucking I'll speak up for a lot of them. And while I don't necessarily want to see an Elminster movie, I would love to see Elminster pop up in a couple of things
1: yeah that's about all you really want Elminster yeah you don't really need an Elminster movie
0: yeah making of a mage is interesting but I don't know that I want to sit there for like two hours and watch it and there would be like a two hour 15 minute movie Ugh, which is just too long sometimes but
1: I think that I think you'd lose money on that prospect
0: yeah by the way um we're having the- I mean other
1: the I mean I'm not saying the uh I think it would be like a John Carter. You're gonna lose, mo- really lose money. Not Hollywood lose money,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but John Carter really lost money. <laughs> let's not <laughs> let's not like gloss over that. That movie costed a lot, and it made not a lot compared to what it costed. I mean, it made a lot, but. It fucking cost it a lot. Did, like That was like a $200 million movie or something. Did, like, do you, uh,
1: speaking of movies uh, losing a lot of money, did you hear about the new Shia LaBeouf movie?
0: Is that the one that only sold one ticket? One ticket. ticket. Yeah. <laughs> I Part of the, me wonders if that was just his him mom. manufacturing it somehow. So that like... You put out a movie that only sold one ticket. I don't know. With Shia LaBeouf, I wouldn't be surprised with anything, you know?
1: Yeah, he's really off the reservation.
0: So do we think he shows up in Indy 5?
1: God, I hope not.
0: No, he's not going to show up in Indy 5. Are you fucking kidding <laughs> me? You know why I know he's not going to show up in Indy 5? For sure, Steven The studios Spool.
1: aren't going to fucking hire him to show up for <laughs>
0: Indy 5. We don't even have to go that far. Um steven spielberg for sure is gonna direct it and like he fucked up he fucked up when they were selling the movie and like he shortchanged the movie a couple of times which it deserved to be shortchanged don't get me wrong but you never fucking do that when you're promoting a movie and steven spielberg does not forgive that shit like how many times did he use tom cruise in movies and then during war of the worlds he bounced on a couch on oprah never worked with steven spielberg again (laughs) that shit was cut off so that's one thing i've learned about shia labeouf is like he will never work with steven spielberg again that that ship has sailed so all right should we should we end this this is probably a good place to end right
1: yeah that ship has
0: sailed yeah that ship is also sailed so everybody out there take it easy
1: get a car everyone gets a car
0: a brand new car i'm doing a little bit of oprah there them on your laptop. Put them on your phone. Put them in your ears. Not safe for network. With the not safe for network, the entertainment's ringing through your brain. Collect them all or trade them with your friends. Not safe for network. Real roulette. Maybe you're a film student. I'm picturing you with a beret. We had a good life. Wells job. it's a bit of the gift and the curse. That's debatable. It'd be nice if they showed a little accountability. The Alien Movie Project. It's just another clear-cut case of American exceptionalism Montucky Skies I'm spoiling the shit out of this in three, two, one. Bigs on Film We're watching this on Netflix because I'm three beers in and lost the Blu-ray Listen to all the archives in a row and they form a mega podcast so long that your significant other will be drawing up divorce papers Not safe for that work